for me, little Reddit blogger. Another Eminem imposter refers to Elton John as his second father. Bob Saget, Rick Moranis, Kelly Osborne, white trash, genetic monster, probably conceived in the back of a Led Zeppelin concert. If Harry Potter had sex with Jeffrey Dahmer, you'd be their lesbian daughter. He's a new face of racism. I'm surprised you didn't show up here today with a slave with him chained to him. He hates African-American culture because he was raised different. He hates Clinton, Abe Lincoln, pretty much anybody that can relate with him except Blake Griffin. He feels a little bit more safe with him because they share the same pigment. Bitch, hip hop has been for minorities. It's never been for you geeky asses. Matter of fact, what are these, your little fucking reading glasses you need for your English classes? Man, give me that shit. Man, I'll stomp these into pieces and fragments and now you can keep them. He can have this. Now you get to complete your dream of being this genius mathematics because everything you see is in fractions. Hello and welcome to the Vertical Being Podcast from Vancouver, British Columbia. This is episode number 147. Boom. And my name is Scott. Hey, I'm Dan Nichols. Rick Chung. And I'm Michael. Oh, what? What? What's up? Okay. Red's not here. We just don't have enough space for him. <laughs> <laughs> he got voted off. Yeah. On today's episode, we're going to catch up on the films and TV shows we've been watching before our featured review of three billboards signs of vengeance signs of vengeance <laughs> I, for, I forget where are the billboards located inside somewhere outside oh, ebbing right. missouri they're just on the outskirts of ebbing missouri uh, not a real place by the way from martin mcdonough who brought us in bruges and seven psychopaths and a lot of uh, really and, uh, messed up plays and weird plays like one called a behanding in spokane Ooh. Which I think has Sam Rockwell and Christopher Walken in it, and someone gets their hand cut off in Spokane. I, wow. read, I read one of his plays, The Pillow Man, in college, and I had nightmares. Why is that one so... It's, it's, it takes place all inside of like an interrogation room, and it's just like this guy just gets picked apart, and it's so incredibly disturbing. Mm. Six Shooter, his short that won him the Oscar, is oh. fantastic. Yeah, this guy knows what's up, right? Yeah, no, That's he's... crazy. Like, you hmm. win an Academy Award even before you make, like, a full movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Gives hope to some of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if you're a playwright like him, it seems pretty easy. E- yeah. Yeah. Let's reach out to Sam Rockwell. Yeah, that's easy. Plus his brother, like it's a talented family. Oh, that's right. Big fan of the guard. I don't Big like. Fan. I didn't like that war on everybody. War on everyone has its, yeah it has its moments. No, the trailer Cal- was really good. Calvary though. There's there's a difference between the bros slightly. Yeah. It's like a Tony Scott Ridley Scott situation, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, Calvary that's, that's is comparison. really great though. Is the debate quite as close with these two though? <laughs> I feel like Martin's a superior filmmaker by far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You can subscribe to all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, uh, or the podcast software of your choice. Go to verticalviewing.com, click on the donate button. Mike, what happens when you, you when you, you can do that? give us money? Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, if you like what you hear. If you want to yeah. help us keep the lights on and offset the cost of seeing movies and renting out a piece of the internet to stick in your ear every week. Uh, yeah, you can click the donate button, PayPal. Uh, it, but it, that's for just a short-term relationship. Yeah, you're not you're not ready to commit yet. You like what you hear. You want you you want to send something our way. But what if you're really in love? What well, do you do then? I think you could go to www. Ah, we don't even have to do that anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Spare me. Patreon.com/slash vertical viewing, and you can sign up to be one of our patrons. Yeah. For uh, hydrogen, helium, or lithium. Boom, one, two, or three dollars. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, how you can drive the bus. You can tell us what to review. Like under the skin, just like Edward did. 
That's coming up. So stay tuned for that. It's super weird. These two fellas are not prepared because... <laughs> I'd argue it's, you it, can't be. Well, you can't tell someone to be prepared for under this. You either have to be ready for you, it or you're you not. You don't just throw it on no, willy it's, nilly. It's not a light film. No, <laughs> no. There's a lot a feel going good on. movie. No, if, some, if someone sees you watching that, they're gonna ask, "What the fuck? What in the fuck is happening? <laughs> are you okay? Yeah, is I, I everything will say okay? This, one of the better scores of recent memory. Well, yeah. if they hear what you're watching, yeah. they will also say, "What the fuck are you watching? <laughs> is everything okay? What a great score." Yeah, it's someone dying inside of a violin. Mm. Yeah, it's a crazy movie, ladies and gentlemen. Go to patreon.com slash vertical viewing. It should be up by the time you're hearing this. One could say it really gets to it, you. It, well, oh, oh. oh, shit. I'm falling and tripping and <laughs> this is crazy. And uh, actually, you can tell us what to review. That's why we're reviewing Under the Skin. Mm-hmm. So that's... Yeah, and there's also the content that is requested is only for patrons. So there's reviews of Dune. David Lynch is insane. There's reviews of Superman Returns. What Brian Singer is insane. Uh, Snowpiercer. There's, re- there's reviews of Snowpiercer. Bong Joon-ho is insane. insane. Uh, there's reviews of Clockwork Orange. Stanley Kubrick is insane. I think that covers it. Yeah. Uh, you can send your thoughts and recommendations to verticalviewing at gmail.com. On Twitter at Vertical Viewing, we are shadow banned again on Instagram. No joke. <laughs> what? No joke. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, help us. Our Instagram keeps getting banned because those assholes think that we are some sort of bot. What what hashtags are you using? Are they using shadow banned? Just use like podcast and movie review and film. It's too generic. Well, what the? How are you supposed to use Instagram? It's well, you're you're a movie podcast, so I'm I'm not sure why you. I, I probably have to hire an eight year old. To run that, because who did you piss off on Instagram? I that, don't that seems know. pretty harmless. Well, are you using a lot of like copyrighted imagery from like movies and stuff? No, That's I think what... I make the own. I make the artwork myself. I guess maybe I use existing shit. Everybody does. It's the internet. Yeah, doesn't matter, man. We'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> we'll get that fixed. <laughs> Fuck. Let us know. Verticalviewing at gmail.com. How do you get unshadow banned on Instagram? Is it even worth it? Look forward to our ridiculous hashtags coming up soon. Yeah. Also, verticalviewing.com. Uh, Jared wrote an article for us. It, uh, it might be up by the time you're hearing this. It's entitled, Clapping at the Movies is Wrong and Everyone Needs to Stop Doing It. Oh, I'm totally on board for this. Yes. Uh, yeah, the article's going up tomorrow morning. Unless some sort of representative or there's a reason that they're in attendance, but then bring them to the front. And if they're at the front, yeah. like if they're just sitting there, you don't have to applaud because they're in the room. That's, That's what this okay. article is really trying to get at is, you know, the credit has to go to somebody if they're in the room and then you shouldn't clap if no one's there to receive that credit. Do you know how you're supposed to actually show respect at the end of a movie? Sit through the credits because you're acknowledging all the hard work as everyone's doing. Read people's names and that make is, fun of them. Make is, fun exactly. of the funny names if you want. Because then you get you miss out on like the cool names of that person who like has a small tiny VFX role on a movie. Well, yeah, and all the babies that were born. Yeah. They oh yeah, too. they list the babies that are born during the production. Well, some do. Pixar movies do that, yeah, right? They do. Ah, uh-huh. I need to see you know the film commission of New Zealand be properly thanked. That is fun, right? It is kind of cool though when you see a movie and you're like, oh, gee, I didn't know that BC and Quebec played such a role in these. <laughs> Very true. Every yeah. time. Oh. Every yeah. time. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, can we quickly go around the room? Is there any goodies that we've watched recently? 
we don't have a lot of time. Rick, you you really want to talk about some stuff, right? I really yeah. want to talk about some what stuff. What did you watch that's so good then? So uh, last week you mentioned the Rio Grind Film Festival. Oh, yeah. That, was, that took place just oh, a short distance outside of our recording studio right here. So you went to Bodied. That's that's man. You just spoiled it. Sorry. <laughs> so well, you, I mean, you, you had to mention it sometime. Yeah. <laughs> you talked about the disaster artist, which uh, we 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 saw last week, and I pretty much agreed with everything you said. It's hilarious, hilarious movie. Can, can I ask you real quick about that though? Like, I've never seen the room, and I'm really looking forward to this movie. Do I have to have seen the room? No, I, I have, I've never seen the room. Either. He hadn't oh, either. Really? Yeah. Oh, that. Oh. Right on. I'm it, excited now. You know all about it, though. In the, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. aware of. I just I never saw it because I don't enjoy watching bad movies. Well, that's just like, why would you like purposely do that? But after watching The Disaster Artist, I really want to go see The Room at it the It works Rio. on a whole other level. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Is, it is better if you have, but... So you saw Disaster Artist. What else did you see at the... I saw movie? Joseph Kahn's Bodied. Bodied. This is a battle rap movie produced by Eminem. And you guys, this has won three separate audience awards. That's unheard of. It won wow. at TIFF, Midnight Madness, AFI Fest, and um, Fantastic Fest. And mm. Joseph Kahn, uh, the filmmaker, uh, Alex Larson, a.k.a. Kid Twist, mm. and Callum Worthy, the, uh, the actor who's uh, actually from Victoria, were all in attendance. He's oh, on cool. American Vandal. Vandal. He plays, the, he plays <laughs> the geek who claims he slept with uh, the, hot, the hot popular Alex. Girl. Yeah. Oh my god, I watched that series twice. It's amazing. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, that's, that's really I'll, I'll hold my piece. <laughs> you guys, this movie is incredible. Like, okay. It is is one of the greatest viewing experiences. You need to see this in a theater packed with, with people. the director in attendance, like yeah. you did. I actually, I actually met David Chen from the Slash Filmcast. Oh, which is David. pretty crazy. I can't believe. That, yeah, man, that happened. That was pretty cool. You sat next to that. him, I believe. Yeah, I totally geeked out. Uh, I was the only one who recognized him. <laughs> hey, David, where's Jeff? You just yelled that from the back. That's why. Yeah, I'm where's Davinja? What's where's what happened to Adam? <laughs> Uh, anyways, this movie's incredible, and it's it takes on so many aspects of sort of like you know like uh, you know politics, uh, a cultural appropriation. The rap battles are like there's so many of them, and I never get tired of them. And the the the, la- the the rapping is offensive and hilarious, and they break down all these cultural stereotypes, and they also comment on you know our privilege and everything. It's it's so original. It's like I am. It's I'm so psyched. Is it like a no holds barred kind of rap battle? Absolutely. Yeah. Can you like slit each other's throats and stuff? It's it's devastating. Some <laughs> of the some of the the battles. How does it compare to the rap battle scene in Scary Movie Three? <laughs> that's what we really want to know. That scene. And the question I, I, white boy, but his neck I, is red. I'm, assu- I'm assuming yeah. that's a parody of Eight Mile. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. This this movie is like Eight Mile on steroids. Like. It's it's incredible. It feels like the right time for something like this. Totally. Big ups, Curtis Hansen. Oh, nice. Rest in peace. Oh, rest in peace. Yeah. Under underrated filmmaker. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Bodied sounds crazy. Bodied. It's not going to come out for a while though. So it just secured distribution uh, and has come out sometime in 2018. Mm-hmm. I believe the Rio was its very last film festival uh, screening. But Bodied, incredible. Looking forward to that already. <sighs> Keep Damn, that on I, my radar. Yeah, I slept on that. <clears throat> that sounds great. Yeah, I was yeah. I was watching that while you guys were recording it. Last you, week. you you had a much better time in terms of special guests than we did at Disaster Artist, who I think the special guest. Oh man, that was lame. Literally turned out to be some homeboy who was at one of the original screenings. Of- well, to be fair, he is a filmmaker, but it was Whatever. like it was the guy who popularized watching the room. Well, who cares? I don't, I don't <laughs> care that. Like, yeah. are we supposed to really be proud of you or something? Oh. 
<laughs> Scott was Scott. I was pissed. Scott off, was dude. assured that it would be like Seth, Seth Roker and James Franco. I was like, I thought it'd be, be Nathan fu- Fielder at best. Oh man, the, the Rio really—that's really, really disappointing. But the Rio Theater really pumps up the fact that Franco saw the room originally. Oh my! They mentioned the Rio, it like yeah. ten times. Yeah. So the first time he ever saw the movie was at our theater, and now the Disaster Artist came out. We are kind of responsible for you know him. Mm. And then someone she mentioned they mentioned how like they read the disasters book and they were so disappointed the Rio wasn't mentioned by name. Fuck. Yeah, it was kind of desperate. It was funny. It was the, hilarious. To be fair, the, the Rio is one of the epicenters of this movie. Like I think if yes. you mapped out where this well, movie yeah. is most popular, that theater would be like a big spot on the map like in terms of across North America. It's like one of the the people they know what it to all do. The time. It, yeah, yeah, and it's, it's one of the later this month or oh, next month I believe. You know, it's like a uh, the fucking Tim Curry one, you know. What? Oh, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, where everyone knows all the lines and when to do what and sing along to which thing. And but how hilarious when in the when we were watching disasters, people were doing that to, to those scenes. Too. They're, they're like like clacking spoons together and stuff. Like I don't really even know all of these things. I, I don't think I would enjoy that. It was, I'd be like, what? I, I I get that there's something, but I'm trying to figure this out and catch up with you guys. Yeah, can, it was pretty crazy. Can you get off my back a little bit. Yeah. Here? Yeah, I, at the I, Rio. I, that could get annoying, but this was like the prime, like this was the great, the greatest environment for that. It was awesome. Uh, okay, what else you got? Can well, I just say real quick that like, as I love when they do midnight showings like that, but like Rio, you don't have to play the room every two fucking months. Like <laughs> you're just taken away from a time when I could be watching Pootie Tang for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah. I'd rather see that again than oh the room God. again. Or you could put Southland Tales on there. Ooh, Ooh shit. You listening, Rio? No more room. No more room. <laughs> they should fuck with people and play that that I know. Brie Larson movie yeah. one night just to be like, oh, you guys should have read that a little more carefully. Just because we always oh, do the be, room. That'd be awesome. Just because we always do the room, you think that's what's oh. going to be? No, I, I believe real. they're making a movie about the making of that, the awards artist. I'm looking forward <laughs> the to that. awards artist. <laughs> uh, do you have any other goodies? Yeah, so I got to see something super early. It doesn't come out for another month. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's The oh, Shape man. of Water. Nice. Uh, if you like Pan's Labyrinth, you'll probably like this movie. It's it's really it's really solid. It's got all that fantastic element, elements in it. I uh, did not expect that much uh, merman on woman uh, sex. <laughs> Jesus, really? Yeah, there's quite a bit of it. And uh, we don't need. We don't, we're not in a world that needs that, right? <laughs> okay, we've drawn lines in this room. Is it awkward? Do we ever, do we ever not need that? <laughs> uh, I think it's a return to form. I haven't been too high in his last couple of movies, uh, Crimson Peak or mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, Pacific Rim, even. Mm. No, bit fuck. of a stretch. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's really, I really enjoyed the Cold War setting, the sort of Soviet vibe, and it's just got a lot of fantastical elements to it. Uh, yeah, it's really, really solid. How is uh, Michael Stuhlbarg? Michael Stuberg is the MVP of this movie. I would say he's wow. he's the quiet MVP of most movies. Ian, yeah, yeah. he's like, amazing. Yeah. He he's, he he never has showy roles. He's just really heartfelt and genuine. He plays a, a scientist who has sort of like conflicting motives, and it's 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 so great. Uh, Michael Shannon is the villain. Always a pleasure to see him. Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins is hilarious. Love him. Octavia Spencer, right? Is she in that? She's really good. She oh, gets, man, this is a stacked up cast, gets, man. It's, it's all like sort of like the favorite parts of other movies in, in right. this movie. Uh, Sally Hawkins is incredible. She plays this uh, mute, so she doesn't talk in the in the entire movie, and it's like she's just acting with her face and uh, obviously her hands. Just really good stuff. <clears> but uh, I think out of TIFF, people were saying like, "This is amazing. This is going to be the front runner." I don't know about that. 
It's yeah, very, it, very solid. It was like close to winning top awards, or I think it won a few, didn't it? I think I think it's one of those things where like the audience buzz was award? an all time high. I believe I believe the movie we're going to review later won the audience award it too. Did. It did. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, I'm so sorry. Um, I, it's, I guess it's now my thing that I have to mention Blade Two every time I come over here. But I fucking love <laughs> the Blade Two. Seriously, Guillermo del Toro's best. Oh, movie. that's right. Seriously, I'm not kidding. It is dope. Blade Two mimic. Did he do mimic? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah, mimic. Yeah. The Devil's Backbone. Yeah, he's hit or miss, right? I feel like he really hasn't made anything truly great. Pan's thought- Labyrinth is overrated. Yeah. Uh, I like pants. Come on, if you like your uh, you know symbolism uh, heavy, that's mm-hmm. pretty good, I, I won't I guess, speak to but... whether it's over. It's very good. I'm it's not good. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. He was the bomb, though. Seriously, if you're not like hype on that, you need to revisit it, man. That's the shit right there. <laughs> that's the only I'm a Blade, Blade movie I'm I own. A, I'm a Blade really? Trinity yeah. guy. Unfortunately, like, Dan, I'm a huge Blade Trinity. Dan City. No, they Dan go to City the Mc, they go to McBarge there. in that though. <laughs> um, I can go. I watched a couple things, including Geostorm. Oh, why would you? You saw us in theaters? No, I, I, I've, I managed to see it other, oh, okay. in other means. I've heard tell of people attending showings, but I never thought I'd meet somebody. Dude, they're going to have you at we the Rio one day. Be like, we got one of the real motherfuckers who was there. And he was there when, he, when Re- Geostorm was out, and he told people that it was kind of actually pretty good. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, okay, it's not actually pretty good, but it's... How does it compare to Battleship? Battleship is a masterpiece. Or Day After, t- day after Tomorrow. It's better than 2012, because... 2012, Any, I think. Anything is better than I Yeah, think that, that movie is awful. I think that's two hours and 40 minutes. It is. Does this live up to Roland Emmerich? Because this is his producer, this made his directorial debut. Dean Rio. Devlin, yeah. yeah, directorial debut. I think yeah. this movie was shot... The in producer sh- and co-writer of Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah, Godzilla. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's a classic. <laughs> uh, this film was shot in 2014. The first time. Geo, Geostorm was originally... Sh- it's been shelved for Didn't they have three separate years. shoots for this movie? I think. Like, it didn't even qualify as reshoots because they shot so much. Well, it's it's... It's uh, Gerard Butler playing this uh, astronaut scientist guy who um, is investigating this. <laughs> I'm sorry, an astronaut, astronaut science scientist. guy? Yeah, yeah, and he's investigating this weather satellite that's been sabotaged for, like, terrorist activity. It's actually kind of cool. It's not like a, a disaster movie in terms of something went wrong. It's kind of like some people took advantage of this weather satellite, and it's like t- a terrorist Attack. So is this like Earth has fallen? Uh, yeah, but it, but is it? It's yeah. a solid fantasy, right? Because in it, they say humanity is pulled together to build this weather system to stop the world from killing yeah. us all. Yeah, really so so yeah, that's not going to happen. But there's like a giant. Well, to be fair, all the countries in the world except for one. Yeah, yeah. Signed, yeah. signed on. To this. We don't work together. <laughs> we, for we've nobody. got Syria, guys. Uh, the, the movie's the movie's nowhere near as bad as everyone painted it to be. Um, I feel like that's a very high, low bar. Well, and that's people. People are saying about Justice Justice League too, and it's just like, well, now you're forever tainted with that I until know. 20 years from now when someone's like, oh hey, I've, did, did you did you like this like, better than Thor? <laughs> um. Because you did not care for Thor, I might have. I might have had more fun watching Geostorm. Oh, I'm so sad. Really? Are we talking Thor like Ragnarok? Ragnarok. Yeah, he really? did not care for it. I mean, okay, I gave. I think I gave three out of five on Letterboxd to uh, to Geostorm. It's it's honestly not that's, that's terrible. high. I know it is. I know it is. Uh, it, it's not the worst thing I've so ever it was, seen. It was. You're saying it was slightly worse than X Men Apocalypse. 
Oh God, <laughs> it's it's significantly better than X Men Apocalypse. Well, not according to your uh, scores I, I, here. I, I know. Please Ooh, don't called out. Please don't bring <laughs> these things up. See, th- this is why we need to like abolish the rating system. Oh no, it's people. stupid. I'm, I'm we just, need I'm to just, tear them down. I'm just making fun of Scott because he keeps mentioning these letterbox scores as if they. <laughs> I, I get really beat up over some of this stuff. Uh, but yeah, you're not a fan of Rotten Tomatoes, are you, Dan? Uh, yeah, I, I like that it can bring awareness, but I think people just misinterpret it. Like they'll be like, "Oh, hey, you, you got 99% Rotten Tomatoes, must be great." And it just means like a lot of people like liked it enough to recommend it. Like it's a, a lot yeah. of them did. the best thing about Rotten Tomatoes is it, it categorizes all the reviews, so you can click on the reviews. But yeah. yeah, it's not the intensity; it's yes or no. It, it's a great system. I just wish like in a way that people would just understand what it's there for and what its purpose is. Mo- yeah, most people don't understand. That like it's when, when fresh, we, not like this got ninety nine out of a hundred. Right, that's yeah, like exactly. the, that's what its grade is, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, Can you imagine if there was like a Rotten Tomatoes for like restaurants? I think people would forget it, right? It's like, oh, yeah, these yeah. are like high high scores mean there's like safe. You're, you're yeah, not gonna yeah, get exactly. a crazy good meal, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they know that food is subjective, right? Mm-hmm. They yeah, it, it it takes away subjectivity from like movies. if Ron, there was a Rotten Tomatoes for foods, like good chain restaurants would be very highly ranked as they should be, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they yeah. they would. They would uh, satisfy the most amount of people. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, uh, theoretically, the most average, boring, middle of the road movie could get a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I think yeah. the last time I mentioned, uh, like Lady Spy. Bird. Lady Bird, for example, that movie Spy was like, oh, hey, yeah, like Lady Bird it was a hundred percent. If it gets a few more positive reviews, it'll be one of the like the highest ranked. I feel okay. If anyone gives a negative review to that movie, they need to like. What does Armin hire... White think of uh, Lady Bird? No, but. The the first critic to give a negative review to Lady Bird has to hire, I think, like the FBI to yeah. guard their house. It's not that good. It's good, but it's not that good. It's not a masterpiece, um, in, my, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't think it is. I, I yeah, also, I, I, but that's fine. That's fine because its reviews are incredible. So if you're saying it's not that good, then I'm totally cool with that. Because its reviews are insane. I, it's, oh, not include, it's not hundred. It's not hundred. We were just talking about this. It's not a it, score. It doesn't mean <laughs> anything. Uh, okay, I, I watched one more thing, which was Field of Dreams. Oh yeah, starring Kevin Costner. And this My movie man. is way. Did they build it. Yeah, the Field of yeah, Dreams. They came. They came. I came. Okay. Um, <laughs> Field of Dreams is a lot better than I remembered it being. I I, I figured that so this would, would wouldn't be one that would hold up like you would really think you it, watched it a lot younger right yeah, yeah. and it's a che- it's a corny I cheesy just, campy movie man but it it really works dude um james Earl jones is so fucking good in that uh, and you don't really know what the whole mystery like it really doesn't fit together until later in the movie and they're trying to assemble this team and it's kevin costner is so like magical my favorite actor and that's i'm not I, I mean that i will see anything based on like just his name alone the weird like, thing is um he oh, give us a try i give him a try he's he, he plays a 36 year old it's not good though. man in field of dreams which is like almost how old i am and he does not look like he's 36 he must have been in his 40s when he did this movie um i don't know he hasn't changed much but well, the, the script for this is tight as a drum, man. Field of Dreams is awesome. And you know it's going to be good when he, it brings you down nostalgia lane when you get that, uh, the opening score by James Horner, which is that classic mm. late 80s, early 90s sort of chime harp combo that like sort of rolls across the screen. Like, I think I have it. Um, it Once you hear it, it's just... It's the sound of the early 90s, man. Mm. The Rocketeer had some of this shit, I think. 
Fuck. Ads. <laughs> Ads. Google Duo. Oh, yes, yes. Not this. This is some weird 90s didgeridoo shit. Yeah. Just wait. Okay. This is great radio, guys. No, no, no. Oh. Just wait. <laughs> Not. Trust me. Uh, Just trust me. And that's the show. Fuck yes. <laughs> that was like... I was waiting for the chimes. Rocketeer <laughs> or I think Back to the Future has some shit like that. I don't know, man. I, I honestly, I put that on and then when that when opening credits did that, I was I'm watching this whole fucking movie <laughs> right now. You're so happy. It's a great it's a flick. Movie. I don't know this this base, baseball takes me back. I don't really like it anymore because I'm not ten years old. Uh, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, I've got, I've got a couple things that I watched. What's up? I, I went and did a little double feature yesterday, and I kicked it off with the new Richard Linklater film, Last Flag Flying, mm-hmm. which I thought Heavy. was good. I thought it was very good. It's not great, but it's it's really solid, and uh, it stars Steve Carell, Brian Cranston, and Lawrence Fishburne. I mean, God, wow. a weird combination. It's a great combination. Oh. The, these three just work so well together, and it's almost like uh, it's just too much good acting at one time. And Steve Carell is really, really... Uh, he plays it really, really... Uh, he really underplays it. Is this... I the word I was how is say, this but he's connected to the last detail? It's apparently a sequel I, to I, that, I'm not right? sure. Is it a sequel or not a sequel or based on a book that's like a quasi-sequel? Okay. I've never, to be honest, seen the I, last I, details. So I, I believe the movie is not a direct sequel, but the story is... Uh, it's based on a books, right? That, yeah, that, that that that's what they, they, they are. Okay, yeah. but I, but they've changed it. Uh, they've yeah. changed it so it's not direct sequel. But it's really good. I don't think a lot of people. I think it's a little too quiet for a lot of people. It's a lot about uh, a lot of introspection and a lot of sitting in trains and in cars and just talking, which which I dig. But uh, I was a bit more moved by it than I thought I would be. I, I teared up at one point. I was like, hmm. this is actually pretty. You affecting. dropped tear. I did. A just one. One little sad. This is what they're taking their their son. uh, One of their sons passed away, and they're taking his body. So they're old uh, Nam buddies, and Steve Carell like rounds them up. They're like best friends in Nam because uh, his character's son has just died in Iraq, Mm. and uh, you know, uh, fuck Iraq War and all that. So they they go to get the body and basically say, "You're not going to bury it with your bullshit American Army Arlington. We're going to take it home." And uh, so it's almost kind of like Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, like that. okay, like, all right. Get Grandpa in the van and with we'll the drive dead. Him. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it's it. Yeah, it's it's really good, um, especially if you're a fan of just good acting. Like, I mean, there are times where I just want to see people who are that good just just say words. You know, pick up the phone, like Brian Cranston for Christ's sakes. Like, his that that man cannot give a bad performance. Well, and Linklater's a master of dialogue, right? Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, but less fortunate was the next film I saw, Roman J. Israel Esquire. Oh, no. Great title. Oh, my God. It, it just rolls off the tongue. Is the movie as good as uh, Denzel Washington's haircut? <laughs> or the gap in his tooth? The gap in his tooth. I dug that, that gap tooth. I was like, right on, man. Me too. So this is Tony Gilroy. Uh, no, it's Dan Gilroy. Dan Gilroy. Yeah, the, Tony's the, brother. The brother's Gilroy. So he, he made Nightcrawler, which <laughs> is did. one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years, maybe. Me too. I... I can just put that movie on any oh. unlike under the skin you could just throw that on right now and I watch the whole damn exactly thing. Uh, this movie doesn't quite live up to the promise of that unfortunately as this follow up 
it's uh, Denzel Washington plays this uh, criminal litigation lawyer, I guess. But he's like kind of shy and reserved and offbeat. And so he's always kind of been behind the scenes. But then when his partner uh, passes away, he's kind of forced out into the world of like, you know, uh, shark lawyers, I guess, so to speak, and money and all that. And it's really about this guy who is very principled and how his morals get tested and bent and kind of how that just weighs on your your conscience and okay. th- that theme is great but it's just not expo- like explored in a very so exciting way. I, I figured he was an incompetent idiot lawyer is that not the case no he's like a savant yeah he's, okay. he's like a genius uh, apparently but like it's it's this weird thing too where it's allegedly takes place over three weeks but like the relationships as they progress he gets to the new law office and they're like oh this guy's weird we can't have him and then they warm up to him and then he's like the buddy around the office in three like, weeks, in three weeks. <laughs> yeah um but it just doesn't quite work colin farrell's in it uh he's good I- I'm-, I'm becoming more and more of a fan of him but denzel is great. what a year for colin farrell yeah, yeah. bullseye was amazing <laughs> in bruges man <laughs> oh, oh when we started um but Topical. denzel is great I don't think he'll get any awards recognition this time, though, because the movie just doesn't uh, support it. I wanted to feel something, uh, but by the time it ended and I felt nothing, like the last shot, I was like, I think we're supposed to feel some some significance. But I was like, fuck, man, cut. <laughs> like, we get it. <laughs> anyway, so All right, I, I'm done. Yeah, I can't recommend, recommend that. But That's I, disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand why he would have, Dan Grillroy would have gone with this as his follow-up. I mean, you can choose whatever you want. Sophomore slump, I guess, right? But mm. I don't know what motivated him to it's go a, with this. Again, it's a really interesting character, and Denzel just like nails it. It's However, unlike anything he's really done before, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a completely different character for him. But I mean, unlike something like, you know, The Hurricane, which is at least an okay movie, even though he's great in it. So you're saying King Kong does have something on him in this movie. Oh, shit. Oh, oh, not on that haircut, though. And then it changes. Then he gets a new suit. <laughs> it was first it was uh, Jake with the man bun, now the, the fro for Denzel. I see a trend. <laughs> uh, Mike. Man. What's going on, man? Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, I watched something that's been discussed before, so I'm just going to say... Well, get the fuck out. Cure for Wellness. Oh, you watched um, that? Yeah, you you oh. went two and a half hours deep into that. Yeah, I watched it over lunches. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was not so good. Um, was it as good as The Lone Ranger? It was better than The Lone Ranger. I, I want to give Cure for Wellness another go. Ah, man, no. Gorg Verbinski, interesting filmmaker. It's the closest we're ever going to get to a Bioshock movie. Well, it was it was close to being good, but I, I don't know. I just can't take Dane DeHaan seriously. Funny. I don't know why. Yeah. Why are they trying to make... He's a fine actor, not a leading... Like, that should be yeah. Stop movies. trying to make him a thing. He's not going to be a thing. <laughs> Have you guys seen Cure for Wellness? No. No. It's, it's frustrating. But there, it had some interesting things going on, and then it just fucked up. Rubinsky yeah, made like, The Weatherman, though, which is, I think, one of the most underrated films yeah. of like the past 15 yeah. years. Yeah. Oh, was that with Nick Cage? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. fucking hilarious. It's great. Oh, yeah. That's that a great getting, movie. He's getting hit with all the different fast food items. Yeah. Shakes and stuff. It's good. <laughs> and his, uh, his father's uh, Michael Caine. Yeah. 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 It's, re- it's really good. I, yeah. Fuck. Creeper Wallace. No. I also watched, uh, it was on Netflix, The Siege of Jadotville. Uh, <laughs> that is not a real movie. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's actually, it's about... Uh, Dude has a sweet mustache in it. Well, yeah, like so it stars Mark Strong and Jamie Dornan. And the idea is it's in the 1960s in the Congo when uh, the Irish sent a, a peacekeeping unit to this little middle-of-the-nowhere garrison called Jadotville. It, and it was basically four buildings, and that was it. And there was 150 Irish soldiers there. 
they've never invaded another country like that's the the whole irish pride is like they've never been invaders like they've defended and their allies and stuff like that so they're sent here to be peacekeepers and nothing's supposed to happen but mark strong is leading the un down there and they fuck up and they're trying to take this uh radio station away from this dictator who has taken over he's assassinated the elected president and he's uh, he's a general he's he's over so they try and take this radio station back murder 30 civilians so mark strong has just fucked up royally and the un tries to sweep it under the the carpet but these irish soldiers are just stuck in the middle of nowhere and so this general retaliates and they have no backup like they, they keep trying to get backup no one really comes they're they're taking on this french uh mercenary who's leading like 1500 2000 troops there's only 150 of them not a single irish soldier dies like it's Whoa. so it's, it's it's a real story and then they um I'm just going to ruin it all here for you because <laughs> honestly, the movie itself is only okay. Like there's not a whole lot of tension mainly because nobody fucking dies. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a movie about this epic battle going on and the stakes just don't seem there, but they're being true to the actual story. That's so it's, hilarious. Oh, so it's really hard. Did you know that like going in or was there like a title card at the beginning that says, this is based on true story. Yes. All these motherfuckers live. Well, no, no, <laughs> it, it, it. it just says it's based on a true story. And I kept waiting for something to happen, but so like someone gets shot but then they're okay. Right. Like they fall out of a helicopter that comes to try and rescue them and get shot down. They're okay. So it's like, well, is anyone like, I, I get the feeling that everyone's going to be okay. <laughs> Except for those 30 people, I guess. Well, and then all of the mercenaries <laughs> that they shot. <laughs> but uh, that's an interesting dilemma. So it was interesting because they run out of bullets. So they have to reuse the casings and bombs. So they literally use every bullet twice. Oh, what? Uh, and then they surrender because the, the commander, like none of these guys have seen combat before and they've held their own for a couple of days. This doesn't sound very cinematic. Yeah, no, no one's coming to get them. Um, I'm, I'm saying all this because, like, describing the plot, because they, they, uh, the idea is this actually happened, and they were labeled as uh, cowards because they gave up, like they surrendered. Um, and so for 40 years, they were viewed in a negative light, but then it was declassified in 2005 because the UN wanted this whole thing to go away. Mm-hmm. So then they were labeled as the heroes that they actually were, like just holding out and... This this amazing commander saved the lives of all of his dudes, and so they made this movie in tribute, which is too bad because it's not a great film. No one dies, but it's an interesting story. Like, and and the the, the dude that fucked up ended up becoming like the prime minister of Ireland or something like that. <laughs> okay, I think I heard that part actually. So yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. And uh, talking about bullets, or speaking of bullets, I watched The Punisher. Oh, ooh! I was Dol- why Dol- Dolph Lundgren or Thomas Jane? Uh, no, uh, John Bernthal. Watch Dirty Laundry. Seen that Punisher? Oh, the short, right? Dirty Laundry. Oh, I didn't see that. Badass. Yeah. Oh man! So Marvel's The Punisher series quietly came out to very little fanfare. I actually forgot it was coming out. I don't know if you guys even knew. <clears throat> yeah, I watched one episode. Okay. Yeah. What did you think of the first episode? Um, it got good in like the last ten minutes. Yeah, there was this really long build-up where you're like, you you know, he's gonna beat these guys it, to death it was basically like three scenes repeated 10 times each yeah. and then it got fucking that awesome. describes the first six episodes of the punisher <laughs> what what is wrong with these marvel like they, <laughs> if this was eight episodes maybe six would be good actually if this was eight episodes at yeah. most the story that it gets to in the second half about this big conspiracy going on mm-hmm. and all the violence that ensues and blah 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 blah, blah that would have been good but because the first six episodes are really... Out of how many? How many? 13. Okay. The, the first six episodes are so goddamn boring. 
Um, it could not be more boring than Iron Fist. I don't understand why well, they don't, re- why don't they reduce episode they're, and They're account. more watchable than Iron Fist because Finn Jones is a terrible Oh, that guy's a, a hole of uh, um, charisma. Oh, fuck. I hate that. That's I love <laughs> Iron Fist, too, so that really... Anyway, so this is infinitely more watchable for the first six episodes. How's John Bernthal? He's great. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, I, I really like John Bernthal. That guy's he, he's really good really actor. Good. Really good actor. Uh, but what, nothing happens. Like, ah. like absolutely nothing happens through the first so i don't think it's worth your time if you really want no one died like (laughs) (laughs) no no people die (laughs) yeah probably not the greatest time for uh, a tv show a very violent about guy hoarding guns yeah yeah i feel like a vigilante i feel like they probably pushed it and just until it was it's quiet they could put it out well the one thing i did find interesting about it and it sort of tied in was they focused a lot on um like PTSD and veterans not being appreciated and having to come to grips with reintegrating into society because... What, becoming vigilantes? Well, no, but like there was this whole help group that he knew through the guy that was leading it and they followed a couple of characters and I like eventually it went somewhere. Eventually. But... Damn. But yeah. <laughs> These are not Only good. eventually. Hmm. So it, it had... It tried some interesting things to f- like focusing on that, but it failed Fucking miserably. I, I appreciated in the first episode that they tried to faithfully recreate uh, the robbery scene from Killing Them Softly, which is a film I adore. Oh, nice. But that scene was you just know so, what's up. Yeah, but this scene was just like so sloppy. The dude drops his wallet like a fucking like, open high school to his, play. Open like, to his uh, ID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah. then like, like it, uh, you get it. The first time you see like Punisher, he's like, oh, I can't sleep because my wife's dead. And he picks up the sledgehammer and he starts like breaking down that wall. The first time it's like, oh, okay, I get it. And I'm learning something about this character. But by the eighth time, I was like, God, like you don't have to fit a full 60 minutes. You're on Netflix. Do 32 if that's all the content that you've got. Fuck, like 20 minutes of the first episode, guys, is just John Bernthal hitting a wall with a sledgehammer. Yeah. <laughs> so is that just... Oh, that sounds great. John Wick? <laughs> is that just a John Wick? Play. He's just opening uh, up his. Uh, no, 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 no. He's just. He's, he's just on a construction us, site. Okay. He's just taking out his anger on this wall. This sounds horrible, guys. Yeah, don't, um, I. You may disagree with me, but I don't think it's worth watching. Speaking of vengeance, yeah. There's some billboards on the edge of town. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, inside or out? Inside, outside. Ebbing mo. Inside Starbucks. Also, it's very expensive to advertise outside <laughs> yeah, town. Who knew? Right? And these on a sh- five thousand of nowhere. Thousand, five thousand a month. He should have not told her that those billboards have been unoccupied since 1986. Right? That's not what you want to say if you're trying to sell. Also, I feel like you can pay for the first month and then they'll just leave them there because no one's going to replace them. Kind That's of... true because from 1986 we still had the Huggies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guys, let's get into this. Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. The Reckoning. The Reckoning. <laughs>
I'd do anything to catch the guy who did it, Mrs. Hayes, but when the DNA don't match no one who's ever been arrested, and when the DNA don't match any other crime nationwide, and when there wasn't a single eyewitness from the time she left your house to the time we found her, well, right now, there ain't too much more we can do. Could pull blood from every man and boy in this town over the age of eight. There's civil rights laws prevents that, Mrs. Hayes. And what if he was just passing through town? Pull blood from every man in the country, then. And what if he was just passing through the country? If it was me, I'd start up a database. Every male baby that's born, stick him on it. And as soon as he'd done something wrong, cross-reference it, make 100% certain it was a correct match, then kill him. Yeah, well, there's definitely civil rights laws prevents that. I'm doing everything I can to track him down. I don't think those billboards is very fair. The time it took you to get out here whining like a bitch, Willoughby. Some other poor girl's probably out there being butchered right now. But I'm glad you got your priorities straight. I'll say that for you. That was a clip from three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. After seven months have passed without a culprit in her daughter's murder case, Mildred Hayes makes a bold move painting three signs leading into her town with a controversial message headed at Chief Bill Willoughby, the town's police chief. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Damn, that is a long one. That's written terribly. It is directed by Martin McDonough, and it stars Francis McDormand, Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell, John Hawks, Peter Dinklage, Abby Cornish, Caleb Landry-Jones, and Lucas Hedges. Both of those guys are in every movie this year. I might add. Lucas Hedges has earned it. He's everywhere. Caleb Landry Jones. Peter Hedges. Yeah, the pasty, weird white guy whose name is Red, actually, in this movie. (laughs) And he was was in... uh, uh, Florida Projects. War. Yeah. Get Out. War on everyone. These dudes are all over the place. Okay. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Longest title in history. (sighs) Dan. Yeah. You saw this like three weeks ago because you guys are among the cool elite. Yeah, we just learned we were at the same screening. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah, 10.30 a.m. Do you, do you remember anything about this, or were you too enraptured in your, you know, cool critic status? I'm, 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 I'm most curious, like, because we saw it with, like, five other people. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was laughing my head off. I was oh, that yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. I what laughed is the, plenty. What is the reaction if you, torn, like, with a with a good size crowd? Because it's a disturbing movie. Like, it's like, rape react? and murder. Yeah, yeah. My audience was definitely laughing uh, at... But I felt like pockets were laughing at different... It can be uncomfortable <laughs> to laugh about a lot of stuff. I, yeah, I feel like it, it caters to a lot of people's different tastes, and some people who love really dark humor are loving it, and a lot of people might be uncomfortable, but... Like, uh, you know, I laughed really, really hard when, um, like, Sam Rockwell did get an expl- explanation of why, he, like, you can't say was about, like, torturing the n-word now you have to say torture and like the colored folks or something like that i laughed at everything sam rockwell did yeah he's yeah. oh my god he goes on such a journey in this movie and it's like so nuanced like the he, best character i think of any film i've seen this year he's the like a racist yeah. goofball cop and then he like sort of becomes like this sympathetic figure and he becomes like a somewhat competent detective by the end and like he he's ho- a horrible human being and like everyone seems to know it and there's like varying degrees of understanding it's an incredible showcase of acting. And the, and the amount of understanding that you see in just someone straightening a straw oh, in a yeah. glass of orange juice, right? Yeah, right. The, the, the storytelling here is amazingly subtle 
and just perfectly executed. Everything is like lean and quickly. Uh, you know, you don't spend a lot of time just wasting dialogue and scenes with needless characters. Um, yeah, it sounds like we all are on board with this one. Loved it. I really loved it. It's a, uh, it's a fant- full of fantastic performances. It's yeah, an acting yeah. showcase. Uh, Mike. Oh yeah, no. What you I, think? I, I love this movie. Hmm. Uh, I gotta say again, Sam Rockwell. So good. Every time he was on screen, I could just see, he, I could just see him reading the script and going, "Oh yeah, I know exactly what I'm gonna do here." Like he, he oh, he ate this movie up. Well, he seems the character probably is written for him. Yeah, and you know Woody Harrelson, uh, also everything that he's in these days, I absolutely love. Like the the caliber of performances in this film yeah. are unbelievable. And he especially like one of the things I loved most about this film is like despite that very detailed plot synopsis we got, you don't know where this story is going at at any given moment. Like there's moments with with Harrelson's character where I was like this makes sense and it fits with the character, but holy fuck, I didn't see that coming. I didn't think that this movie was going to just play by its own rules to mm-hmm. that degree. And I love it for that. I love it. Like the plot plot is almost irrelevant because it is an excuse yeah. to have these certain scenes and showcases. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's there's not there's very little plot in this movie. It's basically something happens and everyone re- reacts and a bunch of crazy shit just happens. Like there's a, a incredible escalation and tension and metaphors for like vengeance, grief, uh, you know, police brutality. It's, mm-hmm. This should be a terrible movie. <laughs> like the subject matter is so dicey and sensitive. Um, it's like it's mostly white people in this movie. It's a small town. Which but it's, to me is a problem because it's about the, the relationship between Americans and the law enforcement, and that relationship is no more strained than it is with black people, which they do obliquely bring up several times, but never in a satisfying way, and it's mostly in service of the white characters. Uh, I think Denise, her char- one of the characters, gets arrested for smoking a joint, and yeah. Yeah. we don't even hear from her until the end of the movie. Like it's completely irrelevant, right? You know? So most of the people in this movie, in this town, they trust the police because they're white and privileged, and then the mom doesn't because she, she has had a bad experience with them. And then most of the people who are on her side are not white too, right? So it, that is not totally addressed. But like all things considered, it's it's pretty well executed. Mm-hmm. And I, I it's do, a minor gripe. And I do think like too with how the arc of Sam Rockwell's character, I, I think he didn't necessarily like you know, yeah, I would have loved to have seen like more of a comment on that. But at the same time, how did kind he, of how did he hold on to his job? Like I kept yeah, thinking yeah, like yeah, exactly right. And it's like you get enough of those scenes and those moments, but you quickly realize like okay, well that is a important story to make we're not going to tell that but we're going to kind of comment on it through this character yeah it's just wrapped up in the big I, I snapshot they're trying to I don't take need every movie to tell everybody's story yeah that's what i'm getting at yeah um and it and it works for just telling this slice and it, it it's more about um the the sort of i don't know if it's the bureaucratic nature of police work or uh, just how how vengeance isn't carried out by police generally, or that's not the function of a police force is just to carry out re- its justice, right? And when you see justice not being carried out, you can you can see how it leads to people 
looking for revenge and looking for vengeance when it's not, you know, taking it into their own hands, as it were. Yeah, you could argue that, um, you know, Francis McDormand's character is very entitled because a lot of rape and murders go unsolved every day, mostly from people of color, young black women or Hispanic women. And it's kind of misguided. In in a sense, it's kind of misguided towards the police because it's really more about her... societal problem. Yeah, it's her anger with this this terrible terrible thing having happened and her not having an answer and she's kind of like and her solutions out. are pretty barbaric where every man should That's be in a rape story <laughs> yeah 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 and it really lashes out at a, at a number of scenes and so. it's interesting how she's calling out chief willoughby for this lack of progress who's very sympathetic and and, and there's a reason right we, early on woody harrelson is is humanized he he is there's a sickness that is publicly known in town and it and it humanizes his character in a in a really realistic way so that it it becomes hard to blame him entirely for and he also does other things in the rest of the movie that yeah yeah but it's it's it, it, it just is a great way of sort of complicating this relationship in just, just more should, than just being one note right you'd think that Mildred just I fucking hate you chief you're so evil and I hate you um, that that scene where he coughs blood in her face, and yeah. she, that is crazy. And that she was says, a "Turning point right there." Well, she uh, she says, "I know, baby, I know it's okay." So th- there's this yeah. element of respect, but also the the there's still this anger that he hasn't done his duty, and but it's all in this respectful way. Like there's just so yeah. many layers to each character's relationship in this movie but also like it's almost she doesn't even give it the thought that it's is it that he didn't do his duty or that maybe like this is just gone as far as can possibly be taken like some mysteries unfortunately some crimes are just unsolved you know and a lot of that has to do with uh the limitations of the small town i grew up in a small town so every there's limitations on goddamn everything you know especially when you're in a, a town that small but also like, you know, without giving anything away, if you're looking for an answer in this film, you're you're not going to get an answer. Fair enough. That's, that's, a, that's a problem I had with a film, um, what, just for what a few, few. I wish they had sort of even tried to, you know, satisfy us. Because mm. this, this should be, and the subject is very unsatisfying. And the fact that they kind of flirt with that. I found uh, ironically unsatisfying, and, and I kind of respected it for that because I think that's the ballsier way to go because you do expect or want that sort of resolution, but then to be like, you know, it, it's the same way. It, I, I love Zodiacs. So I can reference that like at any time, but like not getting being being flirted, like having this like possible resolution that you're flirting with, and then saying no, sorry, sometimes there's just no answers. Sometimes you'll never know one hundred percent. Uh, I think that's kind of a like a good reminder to audiences instead of ah fuck yeah justice or oh boo bad guys won. It's like oh well fuck sometimes you just don't know. Well, it's a good comment on the vengeance theme too, right? Because yeah. well, if you don't necessarily know, are you going to still try and reenact your vengeance? Like, right. will will anybody that stands in your way in your eyes be a, be an issue? Which I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Like with without the answer and how. I don't want to get into spoilers. Quite yeah, because the, the movie's not really a whodunit, right? No, yeah. no, no. But uh, yeah, the, the 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 last scene I really really dug. Me too. Um, yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Like, really? I, I thought I need, I need you guys to explain this to my dumbass. Maybe. <laughs> well, I'm well, like, we can get two there. people who are sort of at odds with in the movie kind of come together in a really effed up way. Yeah, yeah. But, but I they did. Co- they come like together together over one question that they ask themselves. Yeah. Okay. I love and I loved how it commented on society too. Like Francis McDormand's character 
uh, has gone through this unspeakable tragedy. Like, she lost her daughter. And sure, In the worst way imaginable. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, just, and sure, she's stirring up some controversy here, but she's well within her rights to do what she's doing. Like, she's not breaking any laws. But yeah, the town... The start. But the like, she breaks a lot of laws. <laughs> she's not breaking any laws to start off with. Uh, she's a provocateur. But the town absolutely yeah, yeah. hates her. No one can empathize with her position in almost any way. Except for the two black people. Well, yeah. Anyone who is entitled. Anyone who fits within the sleepy town. The priest, or, for example. Exactly. Everyone yeah. is trying to talk her out scene. of it. It's like, yeah. I found that. Well, that, and that's so oh, true. Right? English. Nobody, nobody wants to be uncomfortable with it. Like the, mm-hmm. as soon as someone shakes the tree, uh, people will start to say, "Well, maybe, maybe don't do that." You know, like that's yeah. because then it will reveal how things are actually pretty fucked up. Yeah, yeah, no one wants to see behind the curtain. So well, I thought that was a great reflection on society. Her choice of words, right? Raped while dying. Yeah, like it, yeah. it's yeah. a very bold, provocative message that she's sending. Right? She's trying to paint. Il- and yeah. illustrate this picture which b- by the way was her daughter's body actually found underneath the billboard because yeah, i that, found that to be kind of an uh, just a convenient plot mechanic yeah, well, yeah. well no it was yes but she lives there right she was walking yeah. home so. i understand oh, but right. it just it's a bit too convenient if if her body is we don't even ever mention the fact that the billboards are also the scene of the crime that seems to not factor in whatsoever and i i figure that it 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 should, if that's where it, the crime occurred, it's not really. Yeah, it's kind of necessary just to be like, here's this patch of burnt, you know, grass. It's right more now, important like, oh. as this is where the message is being sent from, not from where this is the where the crime occurred. It feels like Mildred, she would be, she would hate being there. She would never, yeah. I, I, you know, what I mean, I don't feel like she would put. I mean, maybe that explains the flowers that she's putting all the time, but it just seems that they don't even mention the fact that the crime scene is also the site of the billboards. Well, and they don't ever mention that fact. Like we don't know yeah. for sure that maybe, maybe that's well, just symbolism, right? Like that seeing the burnt yeah. grass could just be her trying to keep this investigation going. Maybe like, because she's constantly reminded of the what happened outside these billboards, outside where she lives. She wants to remind everyone else too. Yeah, like there, there's a there's a few different ways we could read that. So yeah, everyone to feel her pain. It's not necessarily important to the plot. No, um, Th- that's actually like could have been an alternate title for the film. Just feel my pain, <laughs> because like that's kind of what she's making everybody. I'm still hot on signs of vengeance. I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. three billboards. The I just, signs of vengeance. I have one question for you. Do you think there were too many people in this movie? Because I feel like John Hawks was not entirely necessary. He, yeah, he's kind of Peter extraneous. Dinklage. I, as much as I loved him in this yeah. movie, very unnecessary. He's kind of a, com- a bit of a comic relief. Character. Character. His character seems a slightly useless uh, well, comic relief. He, he's almost yeah. used as a as a punchline. Well, and nothing ever comes of it. No, no. Like I, I mean, I, no... Well, well, she he is he is sort of an alibi at one. Scene, exactly. Right? Uh, I feel like yeah, that. But that's still... all you you do need a character for her to bounce off of as as an alibi and, and as a potential and just f- another. F- friend or confidant in town that she can yeah, trust but i don't know if he, she would have needed that because i mean but it also, sam rockwell got away with throwing a dude out of a building <laughs> so Bert torturing no, something but did he just, get away with it <laughs> you can but, just walk away from stuff in this but, but, also, and, and they put them in the same room later yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's also kind of showing too just how consumed she is by the singular mission of vengeance because here's a guy who just adores the ground that she walks on and she's like nah if it's not having to do with my yeah. billboards give me an answer I'm gonna fuck you know but I, did that really need? Did they really need to get Peter Dinklage for that role? 
Well, I, I mean, that's kind of McDonough's thing. It feels strange with in Bruges having a very strong plot element of little people or yeah. do they do they in, ever bring up the fact that he's a little person in this movie no, oh, no. yeah well, they, they, they joke about it because it's a small well hick town in missouri Cause, cause uh. dixon's an asshole so he makes fun of him yeah yeah um she comes home and she's like hey i i think that the little guy or something likes me or wants oh, to bang right. me or something yeah like yeah uh i i love the way this movie kicked off with the sort of foggy road uh, opening on the billboards, very operatic. Loved it, and and the fact that the um, so she, she gets this idea and she drives to the ad agency, which just so happens to be directly across the road <laughs> from the police station. Which is, I just love small towns, man. Yeah, it's just yeah, perfect. I, I kind of buy that placement. I mean, it already feels like a play, right? You can just yeah, everything's all within one sort of stage, um, and the fact that, uh, yeah. The, the the way that we get Chief Willoughby humanized right off the bat, I thought was a brilliant way to just um, it's this is not going to be a simple solution or this this whole plot is going to be way more complex than we bargained for. And I don't really know what at this point Mildred's going for with the billboards if if it's directed to this guy that to she guy. knows, uh, you know, might not be able to do anything. And, and like he it's pretty clear that he feels like horrible. Like he, he doesn't want this crime to go unsolved. It's just like, it is unsolved and it's, it's, it's not for a lack of trying. Yeah. And the town is against her attacking Willoughby. They keep saying, we support your cause. Of course we do, yeah, but, but leave him out of it. Yeah. We don't really appreciate him being brought into this, especially knowing uh, that he's probably going to die. Yeah. Um, but, I don't. I don't know if I understand why she starts going off on this vengeance tear, beginning with the dentist drilling into his thumb and shit. No, because the dentist was uh, kind of bullying her, and you could tell that he was going to do some yeah. shit. Yeah. Okay. With the and yeah. Yeah, I sympathize with her there. Yeah. I know. I, I. I just. I. I thought that that was part of her tracing back maybe some culprits. No, I, I think that was her reading the room and realizing she was in danger. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. All right, because she's badass, and her haircut is just the sweet prison cut. So you know she doesn't jumpsuit. Too? Yeah, jumpsuits and overalls and everything. Yeah, she just Vincent McDonald looks so badass. I feel like she maybe did some time. Right? Mm-hmm. Did Mildred do a bit of time? I feel like living in a town is doing time. Doing time. I think yeah. living with her husband probably toughened her up that exactly. way. Like, well, he. I, yeah, I, that was. It's, it's great to see him again. John Hawks hasn't been in anything for a while. I feel. Although, like, I laughed every time with the joke about his teenage girlfriend, his girlfriend but that yeah. was, like, Be- so bizarre, too. Baguettes. Did she really say Penelope said baguettes? I yeah. don't believe you. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the, the scene where John Hawks comes in, Charlie is his name, I guess, and he comes in, and Lucas Hedges has got the, the cereal in his yeah. hair. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it's just such a well-done little scene where all, so much is happening all at once, and he's like, oh, you're being neglected because there's fucking cereal in your hair, and but what, I, your shitty mom? I felt like he was in a straight, like dark drama and everyone else was in his like more like black comedy drama like he I, I, yeah i, I kind of agree like he's he just see like he's a fantastic actor just just didn't seem right but the and, scene does end with them all laughing does it not yeah they kind of all are just like oh we can shrug this off and and that's kind of like the thing day, is, in, day we, in the life we've been around the other characters but not him so like yeah. i feel the other characters earned that but i i feel actually and as much that happens in that scene that works, I, he makes some small missteps 
with the blocking and the direction I, at one I just point. feel like he's in a different movie. But it, it's when he, like, okay, everyone's seen the fucking trailer, so we know he pushes Francis up against the wall, and Lucas Hedges runs up with a knife. That was just so awkwardly cut together and staged where I was like, oh, for like 30 seconds, you fucked this up. But yeah. it could have been such a good punctuation to that scene. And instead, it's like, okay, it falls apart right at the last second. And let's bring in the unnecessary comic relief to be our punctuation. And I feel instead. like it, there, he handled those moments in, in Bruges a little better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right? just a, moments like that just felt like a little rushed and maybe not hmm. as quite through. But, I mean, that's like one or two moments out of... Uh, um, we we can get into film. spoilers, I think. The big spoiler here, I guess, is that Woody Harrelson actually just chooses to end it before the disease does, right? Very early in the movie. Yeah, that was pretty... Yeah, which is shocking, because you're thinking, okay, well, he's not going to factor into any of this investigation now. Um, I thought that that was the perfect illustration of the balance of humor and comedy that McDonough's so good at, right? Woody Harrelson's suicide notes are fucking classic. Yeah, Yeah. They are so funny and ridiculous and just like some guy just scribbling and, and I just I love the amount of humor that is in those notes in his final moments how long did he talk about how much he enjoyed like having sex with his wife before he killed himself yeah perfect. Like, oh I was yeah, inside you, know, you and yeah, now I'm, gonna, I'm dead you, and oh, you were man. on top of me looking down while I was still inside <laughs> you it's like fuck, we get it you fucked like oh my god I, and, you and, were you were drunk <laughs> yeah yeah you were drunk I love that wine and it made you open had, right up they had sex in the forest while their kids, kids were by running water yeah <laughs> <laughs> All of that is amazing, and and, it, and it, for stuff. It animals. sets up all that stuff beforehand, and you kind of know where it's going, but you don't. And, and him putting on the uh, thing on his head before he shines us, and then like a piece of paper that says, like, "Don't, don't, don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man, uh, that that was brilliant, and it was uh, similar to in Bruges, where it's so black and comedic that you're. You're not really sure what what part of it is funny, but you know there is some humor somewhere in here. And um, when he does it, it's just so like heartbreaking and and stark, and you really feel it that it's earned. Like because in the next scenes that follow, all the cops are obviously very very upset. Yeah, and therefore that sets Rockwell off or Dixon off on his path to throw the guy out the window, which is amazing. So, and I kind of buy that. Like that is. It's just so hard to when you actually when you know he's going to do it and then he does it, it doesn't make it easy to watch. It's, oh man, it's not a funny suicide, but there are elements in in his decision that are kind of humorous. You see how this man Dixon, who's on the edge already, yeah, just see just makes the connection of oh these billboards and this crazy bitch is responsible for yeah. But then, spoil secret. He paid for the billboards. Right? Isn't that awesome? He paid for the next month. He paid yeah. for the act, which is just again another as layer a, of a, complexity to these characters' relationships. Sort of f you to uh, Mildred because like, oh, now they're around. People are gonna hit you even more, even yeah. though I paid for them. And then she has that line where, when he's when he's like, uh, well, should we put this the part about will it be up? And she's like, well, he paid for it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. And then the scene that's in which Caleb Landry Jones Red gets tossed out the window. Mm-hmm. Loved it. That scene is all cut in one continuous yeah. take where... Uh, with the, with the new Rockwell, temporary chief like he, right there watching. Yeah, he goes yeah. up the stairs, <laughs> tosses him out the window, and then we follow him back down the stairs, and Caleb Landry Jones is on the road, just totally beat to shit. Yeah. Um, 
and and as you said, yeah, the new chief is just hanging out in front. Who's the wonderful? How, how is he not Peter? arrested for attempted murder? So, okay, yeah. this is another example of how this film skirts around some issues of well, cops don't get the same sort of treatment, right? Well, yeah. but like what the is whole it? town witnessed him. It was in broad daylight. I know, I know. And they were in, they were they were in the same hospital room like five minutes later. But I want to talk about the black police chief because this has ha- this has got to be a deliberate choice, doesn't it? Sam yeah. Rockwell being a racist sure. cop, and then the new chief coming in. Uh, was he black? I didn't even notice. I just don't yeah. see that, yeah. right? I just don't see that. He's play- I, I know it's because he's played by Clark Peters, the wonderful actor from The Wire. Yeah, he's, am- he's oh. amazing. Mm. See um, that guy in everything. I'd love to see him in everything. But I don't know. Does does that does that matter in any way? Like, no. They, well, that relationship. Fuck you. I guess right. I, they don't really underline that relationship, and Sam Rockwell doesn't make. It might be necessary for his transformation. Like just to see someone yeah. of authority above be, him that be, he would directly report because he doesn't to, right? believe it. He he kind of looks at it as like, oh, you new black guy, you can't really fire me, you know? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't think twice about beating the shit out of a guy or out of uh, Red or is that the character's name Red? Yeah, yeah. And in front of him, he's, cause he's just I hate to say it, but Dixon just kind of thinks he's another black guy. Um, but yeah, like the the arson that that uh, Mildred causes during the scene, ironically, is is might have caused the uh the case to be burned right is that is that part of her plan does she does she know that when she's setting fire to the police station that she's losing all the evidence no vengeance vengeance yeah yeah she's just she's just angry and that this is like the uh, fucking trailers man because like (laughs) yeah you see the trailer and you see the body coming out and as soon as you know like rockwell gets that call like no come by after hours and get it i just went yeah that's that's also my no sense really like really, this is—it's going to be Rockwell who gets burned up, and they're going to fucking kill him too. But that really helps play into his his whole arc. He's certainly not um, doesn't go without punishment for his sins. You you if you look at films and the protagonist being the the character that changes the most throughout the whole film, you know that's what some you can make a case that his character is the really the protagonist. You really could. Um, I don't feel like Mildred learns. Really, that's, anything that scene where he voluntarily gets beat up is yeah, incredible. But the it's scene, brilliant. The the, the the I think my favorite scene in the film, he doesn't really do any acting aside from just his eyes that are just watering uh, behind this giant pile uh, of bandages. And he's burned up, and he just happens to be placed in the ho- or the uh, hospital <laughs> next to Caleb Landry Jones. Room. Yeah, and then just chilling. He, he gets so pissed off, and then he gives him orange juice. I, I thought that that character was so small, uh, Caleb Brown Jones. And yeah. he gets this small moment to reveal like what kind of person he is. I thought that was incredible. Incredible, yeah. like yeah. I and a movie, nine out of ten that, movies that, that should be that should be terrible. That scene should be terrible. Well, also a movie yeah. normally wouldn't even give a character like that a payoff like that a payoff yeah. or even any time to to yeah to develop like that. Right? It's mm-hmm. he's a side character who's really kind of meaningless to. The ultimate plot, but at least he has his own payoff and arc, right? Among everyone else, but and, and yeah. that's where it is. Does maybe get like a, two things with like that that get a little heavy handed, which is that like yes, it's the person that he's tormented uh, now, give, showing him the most sympathy, forgiveness, and, and also. Uh, like I love the whole like recurring bit about him not being able to find his badge. I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. and then, like, so funny. Yeah. He, he, you know, it's so obvious. He finally finds his badge the moment he finally becomes a cop. You yeah. know, and then he's it just really fucking took the wind out of that moment and that realization because then he gets up and he's like, oh, looks like I found my badge after all. I'm like, oh Christ. Yeah, I Chop mean that one line off. I mean, part of me might think that that is him alluding to him 
maybe having his badge the entire time and just not feeling acceptable enough as a police I, officer, right? I, like I'm not, a, I, I am not worthy to to wear this badge, so I'm I'm not going to wear it, right? He he knows he's a shithead, he's a shitty cop, and then he he's not fit to it. wear. He takes his own badge off himself, right? Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to talk about one scene that I hated, and get to see the the where that guy comes in the gift shop. And oh yeah, yeah. So that teases that he's the one who he, either he did it or he knows more information. Is I this a red herring? Scene. This is a red herring yeah, because I, I already hated it. But then when that character comes back, I was like, oh no, because it was like there's no way he's gonna be the actual killer because that would sort of undo a whole movie. Yeah, and so the fact that you're teasing it, I felt so misleading yeah i, I kind of could have done if that would have just got cut i just feel like they were like well maybe we should introduce like some kind of actual menace here lurking in the background it, it's what motivation would that guy have to just to yeah to be like oh my god this is eerily similar to something that maybe that i did i should go intimidate this like because like, the fuck okay the, the guy who pl- came to, into the gift shop and then the guy who could potentially be the actual killer those could have been two totally different characters or actors yeah yeah totally I have my own theory. Well, Mike. Well, I was just going to say it sets up the ending pretty well, but it also. Yeah, which is, which to me, true. goes against yeah. a lot of the themes of the movie. It, it's, it's like it's ma- true. But it's like Memento. This is just Mildred getting a clue, running with it. Hey, man, if I'm not going to get my own vengeance, I might as well get someone else's. But she didn't even know it was the same guy, though. I know. No. Yeah. yeah, like she, they she did a poor know. job of that. Really, it was only in service to the audience. Like, yeah, it, it gave yeah us, exactly. It gave us something to say, well, that guy's a shithead, and all of a sudden he shows up. You're like, okay. It's and almost it, a tease. Right. It's almost a tease. It strings oh, us along it, it to, totally to, to think makes... that we're in sort of a mystery, a murder mystery movie, which we really aren't in. And it really just helps make that drop even steeper, though, in its own way, because it's like, oh, my fuck, we actually are going to get a resolution to this. Of course we are, because we saw this character earlier. Why the fuck else would they show... I, yeah, it, I don't and quite it, agree and why would he, why would he say what he says? Like, yeah, it right, makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. I guess the, the idea being he's just uh, tr- he's an internet troll, right? I'm gonna come in and pretend yeah. that I yeah, I but, just but, uh, I saw uh, you put those billboards they don't do up that to your face. Yeah, he's I a guess, really no. bad one though. <laughs> yeah, he looks he looks guilty <laughs> he, as fuck. He, he broke rule number one of trolling, which is he showed his face. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it does set up the tension of the bar scene where it. it Woody Harrelson alludes to, you know it's coming around. The foreshadowing is fucking yeah. thick, right? Yeah. One day, maybe we'll hear somebody overhearing someone else in a bar. Yeah, And exactly. then maybe some guy who's had a few too many drinks, he may be boasting about something he might not be boasting about. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, so it's it's you know that's coming back, and the, the scene is just playing out exactly how predicted. Uh, and Sam Rockwell, in his stupor, his drunken... Stu- he's so amazing. He's so, so good. He's so fucking beat up. His face is full of scabs, and he's so wasted. I had a headache just watching him in oh that scene. Um, but he still has the sense of mind to 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 maybe get into it with this guy, and that's when he gets the it, scratch. I, I love that. I, mean, I thought that was a stroke of genius. Really? Yeah. But also, he, uh, the he, fingernail he, along the cheek to get the DNA. Yeah, that was yeah. cool. But then he keeps uh, evidence bags in his... Wash them at home. Yeah, he's yeah, a cop. A weird. Yeah, yeah, he's a cop. Yeah. See, like, there's a few things. I, lo- I love Sam Rockwell's character, but there's a few things that just clash for me. One, getting the DNA. He reads too many comic books. Well, and yeah. and two, not being able to put two and two together when he's being told this dude is a soldier. Like, uh, so I have a theory there. <laughs> uh, You're full of theories today. Well, so the DNA comes back negative, which is 
And he also he was on he was in the army, so he couldn't have been he wasn't there at the time. So right? to me, I I I took that at face value, but then I also thought. Is that just the army covering for one of their soldiers? Which is something that the movie does bring up, right? I, I'm tired of you guys covering for your own kind. Isn't that what yeah. Mildred says at one point? You guys get into these little boys clubs and you you apologize and cover up each other's behavior. I, I mean, I, I might be stretching it here. Uh, yeah, I don't, I think, don't think you that. could... You, there's records of when people are like on tour duty, right? I, I mean, yeah. I guess, but like, I feel like this police officer calls up a member of the military, and they just say, oh, no, he was on tour at that time. Does, 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 are the police provided with any proof of this a soldier's deployment? I think maybe they probably were. I mean, Clark Peters strikes me as a thorough cop. I would have to imagine that he's like, you know... I don't think there's, any, there's enough information there to sort of... I think you're just trying to dream up a sequel, yeah. man. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. And to be fair, a lot of people uh, like to confess to crimes they didn't do... To, to look good that isn't yeah, a real thing yeah up. yeah yeah okay so and then what does this ending really mean then well i mean there is no satisfaction for, there is no they're means, looking for vengeance yeah and it means that you have within you the ability to still choose no matter yeah. how bad you want that vengeance every single second is a new moment for you to choose this is why the movie is really about sam rockwell because mildred goes off on this on this uh convertible murder quest this murder quest uh, and she's like, I'm going to be fun, I guess. But Sam Rockwell is the one who needs this. He's about, I think, if I'm reading it correctly, he's about to end it. He's about to put a shotgun in his mouth. If Mildred says, don't come with me on this trip, I'm pretty sure that's the end of Sam Rockwell, right? When when he, she yeah, says... He needed something sa- to carry on. When she says, come with me, he, he is relieved because he's not he's now not suicidal he has something to do he's something to live for that was right my reading of it too i just love how she confesses to burning the building down and he's like well yeah who else would have that was a, <laughs> yeah uh, i i think that they were trying to make you think that he was suicidal uh i don't i you, think that you're not on board all, no i think that was just there just to put that thought in your head because then you're like oh shit this guy really is at his lowest point but i think dixon's thing that he proves about himself is that he has that ability to pick himself pick himself up yeah, i don't think I ho- that was like i hope they didn't do that though because that seems cheap because then they're using woody harrelson's suicide to to say well this could really happen is it gonna happen is it well, gonna yeah happen? but i mean i i also think that the the horse or whatever and the, the deer in the field was a little cheap that, yeah oh, and, and i do think that, that, that thing was a little too. cheap too yeah the wow c- the cg was awful I actually, so awful i actually kind of like that because in any other movie It'd be like, oh, is that you? You know, talking about reincarnation, where she is just like, fuck. I mean, you're not her. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. straight up, just shooting yeah. that shit down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that part of it. Yeah, but this movie is so good that I we just spend a lot of time talking about all the things I hated about it, and it just doesn't yeah, it doesn't matter at all. Like no. Such minor, minor, no, minor gripes, and in overall, I I think it's an outstanding movie, and I think this is going to be a big player at the Oscars. I do too. Um, moves at a great speed. Like I, oh, yeah, man. it's very entertaining because it's it's angry America, right? Mildred is angry America. So. So yeah. if you're pissed off and you hate the way shit's going, then and there's a lot of stuff in this movie that we just never see, right? Like you, the movie starts with like seven months later. There are a couple mm-hmm. flashbacks, but otherwise it's pretty bit brisk. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so what are we th- thinking about as far as scores here? I know you don't like oh. doing this, uh, Dan. Whew. Let's go with the nine point seven out of eleven. Whoa, whoa. Okay, I'll do, I'll do the math <laughs> later. No, no I, I don't know. I, honestly, I think it's pretty close to great. At least a nine out of ten. Ooh. That's that's a nice score. It's pretty high. That's pretty good. Rick, you, I know you don't I don't, you I, I, don't go that high on anything. I'm pretty stingy. He doesn't get high everybody. <laughs> oh, not anymore. <laughs> uh no, I would I would I if pressed pressed I would give it like an 8 out of 10, which is for Ooh. me is very high. 
I'm splitting the two, actually. Eight and a half for me. Nice. Um, I, like, I really enjoyed this film, but I don't know. Like, it's not the best film of, of the year, for sure. No. But it's so Not good. necessarily. Yeah, no. 8, I think 8. it's, 8. it's, 8. 8. it's, one, it's one of them, though. I, I think it's definitely on my top ten list. Yeah, I, I, I feel... Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. Like, if, if we're looking at the gripes, they're some of the most minor I, I've given to a movie this year, you yeah. know? Uh, and it's always like great movies, yeah. like the, the, those little things stand out because they're just so much more glaring when everything else is so fucking good surrounding it. I'm giving it a nine as well. Nice. nice. I loved it. Uh, and it is more of a showcase for just these awesome performance yeah. Yeah. showpieces. I don't know how you make this movie without Francis McDormand in that role. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I can't picture anybody else doing that. Uh, like, Dane, Dane DeHaan. <laughs> Ew, I threw up in my mouth a little bit. But once you get his name on it, you know they'll be like, "Let's give this this guy another hundred million dollars because this guy's gonna bring in the audience. He's eventually gonna be big, guys." Who's who the fuck? Uh, sorry, I, but who the fuck ever would say we have a two hundred fifty million dollar fucking movie? Let's hinge it all on Dane DeHaan, like uh, and anyway. Cara Delevingne. <laughs> Valerian is a shit. Valerian's better than Thor Ragnarok. No, it no it's not. not. No. No, <laughs> it's not. No, it's not. Anyway, I, I sorry, I, I didn't mean to no, change. No, no, no. You Let's like, go back to three you like the market scene in Valerian. That it's more creative. For you. Valerian's more creative. I haven't seen Valerian, so I can tell you. <laughs> let that's us. That's you actually, don't need to. Uh, yeah, it's arguable. If you I think. agree, let us know. Verticalviewing at gmail dot com. Go see three billboards. Uh, yes. This will be a big player at the I could, Oscars. I could have done for a fourth billboard, though. I got to be honest. <laughs> oh, what are you? What are you putting on it? You know, just a middle finger. Okay. Oh, just a McDonald's Just a McDonald's <laughs> Big Mac. Yeah. That'd actually be pretty good. <laughs> but then you don't get that awesome opening shot of them all in one third with the fog. Just put and... like a juicy Big Mac on the last one, though. <laughs> just... That'd be awesome. Uh, I'm so out, Chief Willoughby. Hungry? <laughs> next but, next week. Would the last one just be like, and also, could you please shop at this fucking huge antique store that I work at? Because who's buying antiques <laughs> in the town it's, this month? Gift shop. Gift shop. Store. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I misspoke. Eat at Joe's. <laughs> um, next week we're reviewing Mudbound. I think, unless there's any better suggestions out there, nothing's opening uh, next. Coco? No, Coco might be a good one. Mm-hmm. Although, just to warn you, try to skip the sh- the the very long show yes. in front of it. Yeah, Olaf. Fuck Olaf's uh, Frozen <laughs> Adventure. <laughs> let, let us know if there's anything you want us to review. But Mudbound is on Netflix now. Uh, unfortunately, won't be in theaters, which it looks like it would probably deserve to be on the big screen you know i like want to see historical system. racial uh period art movies big as you can. on a small screen yeah on your phone yeah. on your phone. phone at work exactly yeah. that's that's where that historical school flip phone nokia yes um uh, zoomed in and cropped yeah where can <laughs> we Kirk, can we find you guys on the internet anywhere what's oh, going yeah. on rickchung.com at rickchung yva yvrk.com at yvrk okay Oh, uh, all right, I'll go next. Uh, DanNichols.com, at DanNichols, and also TheFeedbackSociety.com. Ooh, nice. I'm just on Twitter at Michael R. Lind, and I'm so bad at it. Like, it's guys, okay. I'm yeah. bad at Twitter. It's a full-time job, actually. Yeah, I just, I don't, yeah. It's the most depressing place on earth, man. It really is. You're now, not missing out. With 280 <laughs> characters, it's even more depressing. Well, Lonely Island never got back to me about the backing track for... <laughs> I'll talk to them. Big Sexy Valentine. I'll talk to them. Uh, I'm on Twitter at ScottWilsonBC with two L's. Uh, look for the vertical viewing articles that are upcoming, including clapping at the movies is wrong and everyone needs to stop. Um, go to patreon.com slash vertical viewing. That's where the under the skin review will be. Keep an eye on that. These guys are too scared to dive into someone else's skin and be- become these weird goo monsters of black 
oil and that doesn't describe this movie at all listen i identify with the sad guy that she picks up and kills okay that yeah. guy was sad yeah yeah they all are <laughs> um and they're real people actually as well uh yes go to verticalviewing.com uh click on the donate button if you want to help us offset the cost of seeing movies putting on the show yeah vertical viewing at gmail.com go find us on itunes give us a five-star review Give us your best. It's pretty high. That well, I would. That I would rate. I would rate the shit out of that. Why not? Yeah. You're not going to lose anything there. It's worth it. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and tell you us your, your favorite recipe for. Oh, we're doing this again. Grilled cheese. Uh, sh- I, I I heard a guy uh, barricaded himself in his house this weekend because uh, someone took a bite out of his grilled cheese. Saw that on CNN or something. Is this how the zombie apocalypse starts? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh. Yes. Go there. Give us a five-star review. Tune in radio, Stitcher, all that shit. The internet. Yes. Or wherever you find us. Yes. Let us know. Is Do you guys have any final thoughts? What, what's what's going on? Ah, Signs of Vengeance is... I wish... Uh, yeah, I guess we should expl- explain that on there. Apparently, like, one of the foreign titles is three billboards, Signs of Vengeance. What was the foreign title for Fast and Furious? I think it's called, like, like Hyperspeed or something, or... or really? Yeah, or, like, like Torque Speed or something. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's better than Fast and Furious. 